a good evening and welcome to the Kenny Brooks Show. Big round of applause from our folks inside the Hilton Garden Inn here in Blacksburg. My name is Andrew Allegretta. Glad you could join us in person and, of course, on the radio. Coming up tonight, chatter about the Georgia Tech win, the Miami game on Sunday, plus looking ahead to Syracuse on Thursday. And tonight, as the folks in the building can tell, Coach Brooks not here. He's out recruiting, so assistant coach Sean Poppy is here, so a strength and conditioning coach Greg Warner, athletic trainer Dr. Aaron Cash is in the building as well. Dr. Aaron Cash. And first, hitting leadoff, we've got a former Virginia Tech women's basketball player and current assistant coach. A big round of applause for Miss Brittany Anderson. Thank you. Glad you could join us. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. All besides right. the cold. But B- I'm good. Besides the cold. Yes. Uh, you know the drill. You've been here long enough. You worked here. You played here. You coached at Radford as well. So you know how it goes down. You're but fine. But it was warm last week. Okay. All and right. back holding. I know. Heartbroken. Uh, where do you want to start? You want to start with Miami? Do you want to start with Georgia Tech? What do you feel? Whatever you want to do. Okay. Let's start with Miami. Do you care to make a comment on the officials from Sunday? No, they were great. Okay, all right. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's start with Georgia Tech. Obviously a very good win for Virginia Tech. That was a physical game. It was tough. The Hokies got the win. Uh, what did you and the coaching staff like the most about the way Virginia Tech was able to execute against Georgia Tech to get the win? Oh, that they fought. Um, Georgia Tech is a physical team. Um, they commit fouls when they don't think they commit fouls. Um, they're going to come over your back. There's a couple of traveling calls not called, but the girls continue to fight and play hard. Um, but they're they're very physical and rough team. They know they're committing fouls the whole time. There's the strategy for Georgia Tech is that we're going to commit so many that you can't call all of them. Yes, and we're going to travel so much that you can't call <laughs> all of them too. Uh, one thing that I thought was nice for Virginia Tech, and I'm curious your perspective on it. So 62 points allowed to Georgia Tech. Uh, 61 points, I know it was a loss, but still just 61 points allowed to Virginia. Uh, that's the first time for Coach Brooks holding back-to-back ACC opponents under 65. Obviously, the Hokies have been able to score. That's kind of been the thing uh, since Coach Brooks has gotten here. But the defense in back-to-back games uh, got better, and it was better in the second half against Miami. What small steps and strides do you feel like the defense for this team has been able to make recently? I think it's them trusting each other, knowing they're going to be there for each other, has been one of the things that Coach Brooks and everybody's been preaching. Um it's just been big for them as far as knowing that they're going to be there for each other. That's the biggest thing. You know, I, I asked Coach Brooks about this, and, and, and maybe you can give it a player's perspective as well. I always find it interesting that sometimes defense is oversimplified, and this crowd heard me ask this question already, but I'm curious from a, a player's standpoint, someone who played within the past 10 years or so, there's way more to defense than just like, oh, I'm going to try really hard. If, if, defense, if you just try hard, you're a good defender. It's way more than that. How, how have they, and from a player's perspective, how, how much time does it take to develop that trust and knowledge and understanding of when to be the help side this or when to get over a ball screen here, when to go under a ball screen? How much time does that take to develop? Uh, it takes a lot just because once you get to this level, you can't take away everything that somebody can do. Um, but knowing as a team what we're trying to take away, um, how we're trying to take away it, um, how we're defending screens is a big part. And it's everybody's on a string, so they're playing off each other, which is why we drill team defense so much. Worth uh, expanding on that. When you say everybody's on a string, you mean what? I mean, if 
um, I'm guarding the point guard and let's say you're guarding somebody on the wing, we're on a string together, but there's also people behind us who are on a string as well. So as the ball moves, everybody's moving, whether you're guarding the ball, off the ball. Um, you can't just, uh, I guess, move whenever you feel like moving right. because everybody is trying to stay in front of the ball but also keep their man in view of the play. Do you think it's a challenge for players at this age to come to grips with the idea that they can't stop everything? Like it emotionally is going to hurt you when somebody scores doing X, Y, and Z, and you just have to understand that that's okay because if I stop them, most of the time I'm going to be fine. Yes, because I think it kind of hurts your pride a little bit yeah. when somebody scores. But you have to realize who you're playing against. You're, this is ACC. You're playing against really good players who have more to their repertoire of scoring besides just somebody in high school. So I think that's – if you take your pride out of it and realize what we're trying to make them do, it'll help. That's hard to do, too. And this is what you guys work on all the time, getting people to drop the I, getting people to drop the me, and, and figure out what you need to do as a team to get things done. Um, talking about Georgia Tech specifically, we've got Coach Brittany Anderson here. Coach Brooks is out recruiting. Um one player specifically, after I give the whole team speech that I wanted to ask about, was Asia Shepard, who I think had maybe one of the biggest moments in that game against Georgia Tech. When she hit back-to-back three-pointers, it took the Hokies down one to up five. Uh, we saw the passion and the energy out of her in that moment. I'm curious how you guys view the growth of what was <clears throat> excuse me, a very, very highly recruited young lady out of Washington, D.C. She's come in and she's had her moments, both on the positive and negative. How would you assess the growth in a half a year at this point? She has a good trait that a lot of players don't have. She does not remember if she made or missed the last shot. Um, and I think confidence she doesn't lack in that area. Um, the defensive end, Coach Brooks, has been on her about being where she's supposed to be. But um, coming in as a freshman, especially when you're playing with players like Reagan, who's been here, um, it's hard because you're trying to find your place, but you're also learning on the go. And whereas that you've been doing this six months, you have somebody who's been doing this three years. So I think she's grown a lot. Um, I know she's grown a lot, but she has the number one trait that a lot of freshmen don't have. They don't – she doesn't remember if she made, she made her miss her last shot. Which is, I would think, most of the time pretty good. That's uh, a positive. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> we got a few chuckles in the crowd because, you know, maybe all of a sudden you're on a cold streak and you need to cool off for a minute. But um, – Excuse me. Um, let's talk about Miami. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the biggest thing in that game for Virginia Tech was the start. If that start is anything different, I think everybody in the room understands that that game certainly could go a different way. So, again, trying to take a breath and step back, and we'll go ahead and take the officiating and put it off to the <laughs> side and talk about just Virginia Tech. As you guys analyzed the Hokies in that one, what did you feel like were some of the things that contributed to the beginning of that game? I can't say the rest. <laughs> no, no, I'm going to go ahead and put the officials over okay. here. I don't think you want Coach Brooks paying a no. fine for you after this particular um, show. I would, I would say, um, honestly, they punched us in the face first. I think one thing about Miami is they start three freshmen who have – they're just out there playing hard. Um they had a very good team last year, um, and they're kind of trying to figure it out. And they played well to begin the game. Um, they punched us in the face first, and then we're trying to recover and get back into the game was the was the biggest thing. And then they had some kids that hit some shots that wasn't what they normally hit, and it was something that we were trying to force them to make, and they made it. So we had some we had a hole to get ourselves out of. 
uh, to come back onto the officials, do you have any idea how um, how you break your nose while committing a foul? No, it was the first time for everything. Yeah. The first time I saw that. Um, by the way, do you remember the last time Tech beat Miami at home? Do you have any idea? I was playing. Yes, you okay, were. Okay, I was playing. Um, 2007. The final score was 78-71. to 71. I'm sure you don't remember that specifically, no. but you had no. a pretty good game. Any guesses on how many points you had that day? 50. 50? <laughs> Just a little short of that. <laughs> yeah. You hung, you hung 50 on the Canes. You hung 17 on the Canes. Okay. It was a pretty good day for Brittany Anderson. And that was my senior year, so. <laughs> it comes up. We're going to take a timeout. We're going to step aside here with assistant coach Brittany Anderson, come back, and I want to play a little game called Name That Teammate for you. Okay. I'm going to give you a statistic or something from your playing days okay. and see if you can figure out who it was, one of your teammates, that pulled it off. Sound like a plan? Plan. All right. We'll step aside, come back with Coach Brittany Anderson after these messages. Welcome back to the program. Glad everybody inside the Hilton Garden Inn in Blacksburg could join us here tonight. Of course, thanks so much for listening. A quick reminder for everybody, there's no show next week. The team is on the road getting ready for a game against North Carolina. We return in two weeks here, February 13th, so one day before Valentine's Day. And we had the cliffhanger last week about Kenny Brooks and how he met Chrissy. So that seems like a perfectly acceptable time to hear the story about how he met his wife. So we'll do that in two weeks uh, when he comes back. All right. So one of the cool things that we got coming up on Friday, and there's no more tickets. So for the Hokie Hardwood Club dinner and auction, if you don't have tickets, make sure you check out all of the social media accounts for pictures and all of that stuff. And next year, get on it sooner and get your tickets. But for you, you've experienced this, Miss Brittany Anderson, yes. who we're here with, one of our assistant coaches. Uh, you experienced it as a player. What do you remember about those auctions as a player? It was, it was in, the first time I went through it is kind of didn't know what to expect because you're thinking like an auction, never been to one, so I didn't know. Um, and the first one blew me away as a freshman because, um, of course, I played for Bonnie at the time and she talked about it a lot, but... It yeah. was just like, okay, what are we going to do? Um, and as she broke it down, and I think we had to do, freshmen had to do something, a dance mm -hmm. or sing or something. Still I don't the case. Remember, I don't remember what we what we decided on, what we did. Um, but um, Dick Quibble was one of the people that I always remember who um, he was always, he was into everything. Yep. And probably bought everything that was there. <laughs> um, but he was one of the main ones who was like really into it. Um, and then there are a lot of people who I see that go to auction now that went. Yeah. But it was a big fundraiser um, for us to go to Australia my sophomore year. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Okay. Tell me about that trip before I get into my name that teammate game that we'll play. I didn't know you guys went to Australia. That we went to like Australia. Um, the seasons are reversed. So when we left here, it was warm. We went right before school started. We get there, it's winter time, and we're like, <laughs> this is fun. <laughs> we can be home in the warmth. Yeah. Um, but it was a good experience. I held a koala bear. I fed some kangaroo. Um, we saw some crocodile. Um, we played in some games. Um, <laughs> the fourth thing she went lists. We played in games. Um, I actually have a photo album with like 100 pictures in it because I'm a picture person. Yeah. Um, and then we went to, I think it's Canes, the I can't think of the name. I don't know it. if anybody in here has been to Australia. Where the reef that can is, they have out. like a bit. Um, Biscayne Bay, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, go on. Um, 
Just, with the f- the just food. listing things off that I've heard <laughs> in my memory somewhere <laughs> along the way. The food was good. Um, the people were nice. Um, and then I ended, we ended up getting a young lady from there. Um, Eleanor came from Australia shortly after that. Okay. Came here and played. Uh, animal that gave you the most nerves to get close to? A koala bear. Really? It's too, like, I don't know, human-like, I guess. Because <laughs> you hold it, but it's it's kind of scary. It's it's very it's it's deceiving, right? It should be yeah. it should be friendly. It should yeah. be cuddly. But then they tell you how to like you can't be tense. You gotta. But this is the first time I'm ever doing this. Because so. otherwise, it'll destroy you. Yes. So a crocodile was... could destroy you too. By the way, <laughs> I didn't get close to that. <laughs> I stayed behind the wall. All right, let's play a little name that teammate. I thought this would be fun for you. I'm gonna give you uh, a stat or a fact or something like that about somebody that you played with when you were here at Virginia Tech, and we'll see if you can remember uh, who the teammate was. Okay. You were a little uneasy about this when I pitched I was, it to you. I because if I get it wrong, <laughs> it make me a bad teammate because I still talk to him. All right, so the new name of this segment is, Is Brittany Anderson a Bad <laughs> Teammate? <laughs> Question number one. This former teammate previously held the all-time three-point record at Virginia Tech with 200 before Vanessa Panusas broke Carrie Mason. Carrie Mason. So she's not a total <laughs> awful teammate. Off to a good start. Okay. Number two, Virginia Tech women's basketball. I thought this was interesting. I didn't know this until today. Won its first ever ACC game back in 2005, really announcing itself to the league with an upset of Maryland mm-hmm. at Castle Coliseum. Yeah. Remember this game? Yeah. Okay. This former teammate had 14 points, four rebounds, and three blocks in that game. Aaron Gibson. Aaron Gibson. She's two for two. (laughs) Very good. And by the way, it was brought to our attention before the show, and I thought this was still a nice note uh, to quickly deviate from our game. Uh, When Chris Clark was doing his rehabilitation, he worked with Aaron, and he named Aaron as one of the keys to helping him get better coming back from his ACL. So she does fantastic work uh, helping athletes come back from injuries. Uh, So a big kudos to both on the court and off the court, Aaron Gibson. All right, the third and final one. We'll see if you go three for three. You might. I tried to pick notable games. I think I know who this person is already because she's like a notable person. Do you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, all of these need to be in the form of a question, so you've actually gone over two. Really? No. Oh. <laughs> Somebody said Jeopardy in the crowd, so. Anyway, prior to 2016, the Hokies, bear with me, hadn't won in Charlottesville since 2007. Mm-hmm. Okay. That game 11 years ago was a dramatic 60-58 to 58 win. It came down to the final possession. This former teammate hit the game-winning shot back in 2007 to beat the Who's with just two seconds left. That's something you never forget. I would never forget that. Brittany Cook. Three for three. Fantastic. Yeah. What do you remember about that game? Um, I remember walking into their new arena. Um, because was they, the JPJ just yeah, finished at it, that it time? It just was finished. We All used right. to play across the street. Um, we always did a home-and-home. Yeah, home and home series with them. And um, Nari, who was one of my teammates, um, 6'6", long, um, athletic. She was in foul trouble the whole time. And at halftime, she played so bad that she was like, I'm not going out the locker room after after the half. <laughs> like begging her to come out of the locker room because she was embarrassed. Um, and Beth told her, she was like, you're going to finish the game. Um, I don't remember how many rebounds she had in the game, but she had a big impact on the game. Um, and Brittany Cook, it was an offensive 
rebound put yes, back, right? Yes, it was. Um, and she was on Sports Center. She, she, really? she was on top ten, yeah. Excellent. Um, but it was their new arena, and there was a lot of people there, kind of like our game this this year. Um, but we were kind of in awe of their new arena, just because sure. it was so nice. So we got to shoot in there before um, before the game. But the biggest thing was, um, I think we were there. We'd want we're like the first opponent to win in their conference or something like that. Um, but. I will always remember that game. That was uh, that was the game that every time I go back through the record books always stands out just because of the way that it finished. Uh, it was unfortunately the last one before a little bit of a streak happened. Uh, but, yeah, uh, it seems like it was undoubtedly a fantastic one to be at. I'm sure plenty of people in this room here tonight uh, were at that. Before I let you go, how about this question? Do you remember or do you have maybe a single best game that you feel like you ever played here at Virginia Tech? I would have to say the last game of my career, we played Auburn. Uh, Dewana Bonner, who is still in the WNBA, I was at Auburn. We lost, um, but it was my last game of my career, and I felt like I just had nothing else left to give, um, and I felt like my teammates left it all out there for me. And there were a lot of fans at the game, and I think it was to go to the – it was a WNIT. Sure. Um, but it was like my last memory. Even though we lost, I always remember. I think that was – oh, I'm trying to remember because – Tech's run to the Elite Eight of the WNIT last season uh, was one of the deeper runs that yeah. Tech had had in postseason history. And I think that one for you guys in 2000 would have been seven, right? Mm -hmm. I think was right up there as one of the deeper runs that Tech had made in uh, postseason history. So hopefully we can pull something off once again uh, this season. Uh, what is curious, because we're going to uh, Syracuse coming up on Thursday, mm -hmm. and I always think it's funny um, – and I'll talk about this with Coach Poppy because he's got the scout uh, as well when he comes up here. You know, you talk about – you want to know about arenas that are uh, dynamic because it's challenging with the crowd and the energy and it's hostile and all this. Syracuse is is the opposite. Yes. Uh, it's, it's challenging because there is no crowd. It's challenging because it is so – it's an empty void in there. It's a 50,000-seat arena that'll have – a hundred people at the game. It's very disorienting to go and up the there. goal's like if you look down oh, it's, it's like way down there. It looks like yeah, it's further away. Absolutely absolutely brutal. Um do you have an arena when you were playing that you did not like to go to? Outside of going to Charlottesville, that's an easy one to pick. Uh was there another one that was like I just I don't want to go to this place because of whatever reason? I'd have to say UConn because we played at UConn my freshman <laughs> year. <laughs> and that reason would be because they were really good. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but other than that, no, I've enjoyed Syracuse is not the best. but No. no. In, mm -hmm. For what it's worth, in mm -hmm. men's basketball, it's incredible. If you put 30, 35 people in mm -hmm. that building and it gets going, it's great. Uh, but if you put 10,000 for a football game, which is true, uh, or if you put a hundred for a women's basketball game, it's tough. So yes, it's it's a bring your own kind of energy type of game for Virginia Tech coming on Thursday, is it not? Yes, I agree. All right. Well, we'll get into the scout with Coach Poppy when he comes up in just a minute. But up next, is she ready? Dr. Aaron Cash will join the program. We'll step aside, come back in just a moment after these messages. Thank you, Brittany. 
Welcome back to the Hilton Garden Inn. Glad you could join us here on this Tuesday evening as we continue our conversation. No Coach Brooks tonight. He is out recruiting, which is, as always, understandable. We wish him the best of luck out there on the road. Hokie fans, by the way, baseball night in Blacksburg returns Saturday, February 3rd. Special guest Tim Kirchin from ESPN there to kick off the season in the beginning of the Coach John Chef era at Virginia Tech. Again, baseball night in Blacksburg with ESPN's Tim Kirchin is Saturday, February 3rd. So that's this Saturday at 7 p.m., basically right after the Miami men's basketball game inside Castle Coliseum. Full tickets, full details for tickets on Hokiesports.com. All right, a big round of applause for our next guest, the athletic trainer for Virginia Tech, Aaron Cash. How are you tonight? Panicking. Panicking. <laughs> the first word out of her mouth is panicking. Yes. Uh, so for what it's worth, we're going to have fun, right? This Perfect. is going to be easy and simple and... We're just going to chat and have a good conversation. Uh, first question I think plenty of people want to know about is how is Alexis Jean doing? She obviously took a shot to the face against Miami, had to leave, came back with the mask. Uh, what's her status? What's her update? Yeah, she's doing well. Um, she's a tough kid, so yep. that always helps. Um, she'll be in a mask. Uh, she's, as you can imagine, super excited about that. So please <laughs> tell her how awesome she looks and, you know, what a warrior she is. Yep. Um, because she, you know, she definitely does not want to wear that. No, you could tell when she came out of the locker room, there was amazing discomfort. We're having to step out of the locker room and go onto the court with a mask. So uh, I was incredibly impressed that she was able to come out there and continue playing. Uh, what kind of, this may be a simple question for somebody that's never done it and knock on wood, what kind of pain will she have to deal with with a situation like this? For the most part, she should be fine. The problem is she's going to get hit, yeah. you know, every game for the, the rest of the season. So yeah. she just has to know that that's going to happen and her eyes will water and it'll not be so fun. But, uh, <laughs> you know, then she'll kind of move on to the next. So hopefully it lights a fire a little bit yeah. and she can, you know, take some of that aggression out. Um, but like I said, she's a tough kid. So yeah. I'm hoping we, you know, really don't notice. Yep. Fingers crossed. All right. So let's. Uh, let's get to know you. You're somebody that Coach Brooks trusts implicitly. Uh, it was clearly important for him to bring you with him when he got this position. So how long have you been with Coach Brooks? This is my seventh season with him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When did you initially get connected with him? Um, so I actually, I worked at Florida State and our women's basketball athletic trainer, um, got pregnant and so I actually just took over for her and I realized how much I loved women's basketball um a there are 15 people Versus, <laughs> and I'm yeah. used to big sports yeah um so that was really nice and I just like the family atmosphere um you know I love traveling and we get to go to a lot of really cool places so I started looking for kind of women's basketball specific jobs at that point and one of my best friends went to JMU for undergrad and, you know, she's talked about it my entire existence of sure. knowing her. Yeah, and, and probably and, continues to do so. Yeah. yeah. And so when the job opened, she was like, please, you know, please apply. So I applied um, and I had my interview and I knew it was going pretty well because the person that was kind of walking me around came in for, I think, the fourth time and was like, <laughs> OK, really, I have to take her. She has to meet other people. Um, so we just had a connection right from the beginning. You know, obviously, like you said, trust is the biggest thing um, for athletic trainers. Sure. We can't work without that. Um, and Coach Brooks, honestly, is pretty easy because I'll start talking a little too in depth and he's like yeah yeah okay so how long yeah <laughs> like i don't need to know about the blood and guts just yeah. tell me a time that she can come back and that's all i need to know so uh, and it must have been helpful for you when he took this job specifically because you had i'm sure most people know a background 
here at Virginia Tech. That must have helped saying, I understand Blacksburg. I know it a little bit, right? For sure. I, you know, when people would ask, I'm like, it's my people at my place. So it's perfect for me. All right. So you're from the Florida Keys. You did your undergrad at UCF in Orlando. So how does someone from the Keys in the sunshine end up in Southwest Virginia to do grad school? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I ask myself that a lot. Isn't it a great question? (laughs) I thought so. (laughs) Um, Especially when it's cold outside. Yeah. So when I was applying for grad school, um, I just kind of went for really big known athletic programs. Um, So it came down to here in uh, Georgia, actually. Um, So I interviewed there and it was a very regimented interview process. Um, You know, there were a lot of people, a lot of rooms, everything like that. And the next weekend I came here and our head athletic trainer, Mike Goforth, is like cleaning a cooler and is like, hey, nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, I think that just I, that connection and, yep. and um, that immediate reaction that I felt was one of those where, you know, I felt like this was home. You know what? Uh, For everybody in the room here, we tell ourselves that Virginia Tech is family all the time and we might get uh, a little over the top about it, but it's always good to hear those stories because it makes you realize that we're not talking junk to ourselves. (laughs) It's really true. Virginia Tech is totally uh, 100% family. So Mm -hmm. you got to spend time with Mike Goforth, who everybody in here knows as our head athletic trainer, works specifically uh, with football. He's been here uh, for forever and does just a first-class A-plus job. What was it um, about learning from him that was maybe impactful for you? Um, I think the biggest thing is just being very supportive. Um, You know, he kind of taught me that if even if I'm wrong, he'll support me. And then on the (laughs) backside, he might tell me how to do something different. And I think I've carried that, you know, with my students or my grad assistants or anything. I think it's important to be kind of a united front. Um, Like I said, he does create a family atmosphere. He makes it fun. It's not, you know, even if it's work, he tries to keep it lively. Um, And he's just, you know, he has an open door policy. He's an ear, whether it's personal life or basketball life, you know, I know he's there for me. You know what? Um, One of my favorite moments that I ever had at Virginia Tech over the course of seven years is Mike Goforth involved. And it's when Daddy Nicholas made that sack in the Independence Bowl against Tulsa to guarantee Frank Beamer winning his final game. I was standing next to Goforth on the sideline. And I do, for the most part, try to carry myself professionally. You can go ahead and laugh at that, everybody in the room. Ha, 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 ha. Uh, But that was the moment that it it went away. Uh, Huge hug with with me and Mike Goforth the minute that that sack happened because that was as important – uh, for anybody around here to have that happen. So he's he's a first-class uh, human being, for sure. Uh, what do you remember about your earlier times at Virginia Tech, like the first weeks or months or when you first got here and first started learning about it? Yeah, so one of my favorite stories to tell is, I think it was my second day, honestly. And if you know you guys have been in Castle, it's kind of confusing. There's parts of it that are connected, but then you have to go to a <laughs> yeah. weird side stairwell. So I was lost somewhere. I don't even know where I was. And, you know, this guy comes up and kind of looks and he's like, you're new. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, what's your name? And so we're, you know, chatting back and forth. And he's like, okay, have a great day. And I continue on not still knowing where I'm going, but I'm like, oh, my gosh, that was Frank Beamer. (laughs) So, you know, he's just he's such a nice person. Um, He would come in the athletic training room and he would talk to any athlete. You know, he's not just about football. He would tell whatever team it was, great job or check in with us or um, so, you know, he's just he's just an awesome guy. And I think that his legacy, you know, continues. Yep. No doubt about it. He was at the women's game against Miami mm-hmm. on Sunday, which was fantastic. And there's been a number of times that Tech has had uh, big wins on the women's basketball court. And Coach Beamer standing right there in the tunnel uh, to shake their hand as they make their way 
uh, into the locker room. All right, so one of the jokes, not a joke, it's true, but I was over-exaggerating it. Uh, Dr. Aaron Cash, uh, you uh, did collect your PhD when you were 24 years old. First question, how? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that is a good question. Um, I sometimes joke that I blacked out in my three years here. Um, You know, I... I don't know. I had a, I did a lot of credits, at yep. the, you know, in one semester, um, and I just I knew that I'm the kind of person I didn't know or I knew I wouldn't go back to school, so I just kind of wanted to knock it out. So I did my master's in one year and then my doctorate in uh, two, and it was kind of a combo deal. So um, yeah, I just I worked really hard. Is that <laughs> is that typical for athletic trainers to? Get no, a PhD? no. Um, athletic training, you have to have a master's uh, or we're going to that where you have to have a master's. So a lot of people become a grad assistant to get their master's paid for. So that's pretty typical. Um, but again, on my interview, they had told me that I could kind of do both. And I was like, well, that's a no brainer. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think one of the things I'm most proud of in my whole life is that I came out of um, seven years of college debt free. That's so, yo, yeah. Yeah, good for you. <laughs> uh, good for you. Forget the PhD. Forget the incredible <laughs> academics that you collected. No debt. That's fantastic. Yeah, uh, what do you remember about Brittany Anderson? Because she was on the team when you were a grad student. Yeah, Brittany was uh, on the team. Um, and I didn't work with women's basketball, but we actually were all in the same athletic training room and they were always the fun group. I just remember, you know, they were always <laughs> laughing and, you know, having a good time. I worked a ton of camps. I worked, I think, every camp I could, you know, yeah. speaking of having money. Um, so I worked a lot of women's basketball camps and uh, stayed in the dorm and did the whole nine yards. So um, I definitely remember Britt, but I definitely also remember her brother <laughs> because he was just, he was, funny and I again I don't even know why he was around or in my mind but um you know I just remember him being a very positive person see here's where I don't know something that everybody else in the room knows I didn't know uh did your brother play here I'm asking her she doesn't have a headset what who can Mm -hmm. can you can you fill us in Aaron because Brittany doesn't have a headset at the moment for the manager for the men's basketball team yeah and he so. made everybody laugh. Fun fact, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so this is the part of the interview where uh, Kenny has no choice. He's not here, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, the blood and gut side of it where we, medical. I'm not a medical person per se, but I did grow up in a medical family, mm-hmm. um, get to subject everybody else to the blood and guts <laughs> of this particular job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm curious because when I was, I was, you would think I would have ended up as a doctor or something like that because when I was a kid... I remember specifically going in to operating room as a stretch, but I remember a friend stepped on a piece of glass, sliced his foot, and I was, yeah, 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 exactly. I've got the microphone. You have no choice. (laughs) As people cringe in the audience, I remember like, oh, I want to watch them stitch that thing up. Was, Was that you? Um, I mean, I don't think like growing up, I was super into it, but I also, it didn't bother me. Um, we had a kid in middle school who cut his leg real bad. And I remember like, I was the only one that ran towards him. So, (laughs) I mean, I guess a little bit, it's been in the cards. Um, but I, you know, I don't think that I like went out of my way. You're not like searching (laughs) YouTube for for, like crazy athletic injuries and just like reveling in it, are you? No, but we're kind of a nerdy profession. So (laughs) there's some Twitter accounts that you can follow or we'll kind of just send texts around or in staff meeting. A lot of times we talk through it. Usually there's an educational side of what you Yeah, no, no. You just like the graphics. (laughs) A lot of us like What's the What's the Twitter account? 
Uh, I think it's literally just athletic injuries. Oh, at, really? Yeah, it's like at athletic injuries. I'll be following this. Yeah, I'll I hope that's fo- I hope that's right. Nah, well, I'll find it. That that'll that'll be interesting to me. Uh, what's the most um, startling one that you've ever seen during your days? So I'll keep it easy because I don't want everyone to. You know, nah, come out. on, but you're finished with dinner. It's fine. <laughs> um, the worst, like the most gruesome I've seen, is a tib-fib fracture. So that's the shin bones. You yeah. Know? So everyone's probably, unfortunately, seen that at some point. Yeah. yeah so that one's really gross, <laughs> but um, still, you know, concussions to me are still one of the the hardest to deal with. Um, you know, nothing shows. Like if something's broken, you're like, yeah, that's broken. Yeah. Uh, concussions, you know, obviously don't show like that. Um, and I would say my worst one was, uh, we were actually just talking about this story the other day in uh, Louisville, we were in the NCAA tournament and we refer to it as the plague. Um, we ended up with all but four, it was Coach Brooks, myself, Tim, and Coach Brown. <laughs> one athlete were the only ones that did not get sick. Um, oh, congratulations, so, Tim. <laughs> yeah, it was just one of those all nights, you know, trying to help Manage everybody it. yeah. yeah it's one of an athletic trainer's worst nightmare i hope i don't ever deal with that again so kind of a you know if you've if you've heard about it i've probably seen it but those are a couple that stick out wait so is this right before a game thank god it was after one of our best okay. players got sick during the game um but everyone else just kind of slowly i can't went imagine downhill. what you would do if something like that happened right before a game and you basically had your Let's whole never talk about it you know, I, yeah. fingers <laughs> crossed as every judge on the staff knocks on wood end yes. up playing like i think it was the milwaukee bucks or whoever or maybe somebody in college basketball this year i can't remember played with three players on the court i can't remember who it was somebody somebody did three players yeah. on the court because everybody fouled off oh, Alaba- it was alabama alabama. Yeah. Alabama, alabama versus minnesota they yeah. stepped on the court yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. uh fingers crossed that that <laughs> uh, absolutely never happens. All right, I'll leave you on this. Um, we've talked about the fun, the joking, the learning about you, but the, the serious side of your job, as you as you try to plan and figure things out for this group, for the women's basketball team, and you try to put some sort of structure in place to make sure the athletes are as healthy and well-prepared as possible. Obviously, Coach G is part of that, and we'll talk to him in a second. Uh, but from your standpoint, what are the top priorities that you have to make sure that um, from your end, people are as healthy as possible. Yeah, I think that that's the biggest thing is Coach G and I work hand in hand and, you know, we always are in communication and making sure that we're on the same page. But for me, you know, for me, my, our biggest things is prevention. Obviously, yep. if I don't ever have to do anything, that would be great. Um, so, we, you know, we do prevention when we or at least some prevention work when we can. And then on the flip side, recovery. Um, Coach G's the best strength coach I've ever had. Uh, A lot of strength coaches don't even think about recovery and he builds it in. Um, So, you know, we'll, we'll do days where we're um, in the sauna or doing, you know, things like that. But then with me, we'll do um, cold tubs, foam roll. We have kind of a recovery program. um, And I think it just helps, you know, keep them going longer. Yeah. We'll get the other half of that story coming up in just a second with coach G, but I had a hunch that you would do, very well, and I think everybody in the room can attest to that. Fantastic job, Dr. Aaron Cash. We'll step aside and come back with the strength and conditioning coach for Virginia Tech women's basketball, Greg Warner, after this. Welcome back to the program. Glad you could join us up on the stage. And this is where, admittedly, I'm a bad host because we've got two guests left, and we've got 15 minutes, so we're going to squeeze them 
both in, and I apologize for, you know, Sean Poppy's going to be heartbroken that he's left with, you know, five or six minutes instead of 20 or 25. I suspect he'll manage. But a big round of applause for the strength and conditioning coach for Virginia Tech, Greg Warner. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Andrew. All right, so we were talking about with Aaron Cash a moment ago, our athletic trainer, uh, kind of how you guys are preparing the girls to be as healthy and ready to go for games as possible. So I've got questions for you about your background and all that kind of stuff. I'm curious in that, but let's start there. How, what's, what's the approach? What's the overarching philosophy? If I had, if you had to summarize what your game plan is to get them ready, how would you do it in a paragraph or so? Well, it takes more than a paragraph, sure, but no doubt. Um, <laughs> Aaron is wonderful. She and I have worked together for many years. Um, and we see eye to eye on everything with Coach Brooks, of course, you know, uh, overseeing us with that. But uh, it starts it starts months out. Um, what we looked at when I first got here, um, we we hit the we hit the ground running, and we were training the girls from June when I got here the last year until the end of last season, and we did a lot of work, and we were trying to ingrain our new culture into this team, yeah. um, which they they bought into wholly. Um, you know, those seniors we had last year were very instrumental in that. They, they, they jumped in with both feet. Um, but then we looked at after the season was over and thought, you know, how can we do a better job? Because we're all about getting better. And we looked at, you know, maybe we did a little too much last year because we did hit the, hit the floor running hard. Uh, so this year, Coach Brooks said, hey, let's, let's take a break at the beginning of the summer. We all agreed that'd be the best thing. So we let the girls go home the first summer session to give them a little bit of decompression, a break from us. I gave them the workouts to do. They did them at home. Uh, and then they came back in June, and we really did an extensive job with uh, Michelle Rockwell's help over in HNFE, with Aaron, with the doctors. And we did blood testing on all the girls from day one to look at from the inside out. What can, what can we do to help their health? Mm-hmm. There's have them to achieve better success this year. Um, so we look, we did blood testing, look at every nutritional component, every vitamin, mineral, electrolyte, hormones. We looked at everything. Um, we did a, a DEXA scan that looked at their bone density, <laughs> that looked at their body composition. Um, Aaron and I worked with Michelle and her team over in HNFE, and we came up with a nutritional plan with uh, Jenny and Allison, the dietitians, and. Um, and, and, and we did testing at the beginning of the summer, like I said, then testing at the end of the summer. And the things that we were identifying as problems into last year yeah. were, were gone. Uh, we, we, we saw stronger bones. We saw uh, vitamin D levels go up. We saw, you know, iron levels go up. We saw the bodies getting healthier. Yeah. Um, and that's our, that's our ultimate goal is to exhaust every option we can to build a better athlete within – our Hokies. Okay, so the the simple question from somebody that like would walk into a gym and not really know what anything is, or like you know, I'd be lost uh, trying to come up with a creative game plan. When you talk about um, bone density and iron levels and all of those sort of things that you guys are measuring, in short, it's basically to make sure that they are able to perform and have good conditioning uh, for all 40 minutes every single time they step out of the court. I mean, that's that's the simple. Uh, root of all of it is that they're not going to be tired by the time the ACC tournament rolls around in late February, early March. Right. Right. Yeah. That's that. Yeah. That was our big plan was, um, you know, maybe looking at last year and saying maybe we were a little bit t- 
retired at that time. How can we prevent that this year? Um, and doing what I just said, you know, and yeah. doing what we're currently doing and training the way we train. Uh, and Coach Brooks giving Aaron and I the uh, the latitude to say, to go to him and say, we need to back down today. Yeah. Or, or him just having that understanding. A lot of coaches want to go, 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 go. Yeah. But we're not training tanks. We're training human bodies. Yep. Um, and we've got to know when – certain athletes break down and get it before it happens. So yeah. we, you know, with Tim's help and with other people's help, are tracking their minutes and looking at who's playing X number of minutes. And once they get to a certain point, when they come in the weight room with me, those kids aren't doing as much work as the kids that aren't playing as much. Yeah. You know, the ones that aren't playing as much, they're doing more because they need to do more. Yeah. Uh, the ones that are, you know, the Reagan McGarrity's and, and Rachel now and, and Jeanette and Taylor, they're – they're getting to a point now to where we have to protect them so that when we get to the tournament, we're healthy and we're strong. Give me an example of an exercise that you do with them. And this might be oversimplification, uh, but to train them in a way that I guess the way Kenny wants to play, right? Kenny wants mm -hmm. to have the speed game. He wants to get up and down. How do you as a strength and conditioning coach tailor exercises to a coach's style? And what would be a specific example of an exercise or a training regimen to help them reach that ability with his style? Yeah, and that's where it all starts. It all starts with Coach Brooks. Um, it's not about me. It's not about anybody else. It's about how he plans to play. Uh, and how he wants the team to perform, that's what I have to know to train them to get them to that level. And Aaron has to work with me, and we all have to get them to the level to play at that fast pace. Um, so you can't be too heavy or you can't be carrying extra, you know, weight on your body if you're going to be playing like that. That's kind of a, kind of a two-edged sword. It's kind of a tricky thing, I should say. Uh, because I'm looking at teams like Miami, who we just played, you know, and they probably outweighed us by five pounds at each position, you know, but we got to figure it out, you know, and we're figuring it out that the teams we had at JMU, the the way we got success there is we were the fastest, best conditioned team in the country. Um, and we didn't need a lot of mass um, because we weren't playing massive teams. And when we were playing massive teams, they were too massive and we were just running yeah. them off the court. Um now we're playing massive teams that are strong and that, yeah. <laughs> that they, they're just they're just recruiting big strong kids that we've got to uh we've got to build our kids a little bigger now yeah i figured that out that we've we've got to um just continue this process and, and continue with all the components i mentioned to just keep getting better and better to build you know bigger stronger faster kids yeah fantastic you do incredible work and I, you, you see it every single day over Thank there you. helping um, build up these student athletes. I want to go back a little bit for the final couple of minutes with you because you were with James Madison for how many years? 23. 23 years. So that means that you were around when Coach Brooks got handed the head coaching position, had the interim tag, I believe, right, taken yeah. off of him. Yeah. Uh, what do you remember about Coach Brooks from those days? Like we all see this like – totally poised, in control guy that has it all figured out at this point because he's been a head coach for 15 years or so. Yeah. What do you remember about Coach Brooks day one when he was a head coach? Well, yeah, I was with him when he was an assistant on the men's side and saw that, you know, and saw him leave and then come back. And then he was an, he decided to go over to the women's side and he was an assistant. And then that transition took place. Um, and he was – uh, confidently nervous <laughs> and not in a negative way, but he, he wanted it and 
it, he got it. He got what he asked for. And I saw, you know, that, hey, th- this coach really wants to succeed, and I want to help him. What did you see in him at that point in time that you could tell that he would have that little it factor that head coaches have to have because you need a little something or other extra to be a head coach and be able to manage everything that is involved in that particular position. Is there any examples of things that you would see back in the day where you said, yeah, he's, he's going to be just fine? Yeah, he's, um, he's got a great mix of humility and confidence um, in that you have to be uh, you, you've got to be in it for the athletes. You've got to be in it for the players. Um, it, it's not about us. It's about them. It's about helping them not just become great basketball players but become better people so that when they finish this journey of four to five years that they leave here better. They yeah. become better wives, workers, whatever they plan to do with yeah. their life. And he, he had that desire, which really I love. You know what? For what it's worth, I would say the entire staff on the women's basketball team has that same motivation and drive yourself included. So yeah. thank you so appreciate much for it. jumping up here. We thank appreciate you, your time. Greg Warner, strength and conditioning coach for Virginia Tech. Sean Poppy is up after this. Welcome back to the Hilton Garden Inn here in Blacksburg. My name is Andrew Allegretta. Glad you could join us for the final couple of minutes of the Kenny Brooks Show, which has been Sands. Kenny Brooks here tonight. He's out recruiting. We've had Brittany Anderson. We've had Aaron Cash, Greg Warner, and now our final guest of the evening, assistant coach Sean Poppy. Big round of applause for Coach Poppy. Glad you could join us. Um, Before we get to the basketball questions, I am going to give you the opportunity to introduce... All of your better halves over there. Uh, way better half. Um, over in the corner, my wife, uh, Regina. Um, and I don't see my little man running around. I think Coach Anderson took him out, so <laughs> he was getting a little loud. So um, she's enjoying that, I'm sure. <laughs> so. Uh, so how old is Kai at this point? Kai is about to be two at the end of this uh, February. Wow. So, okay. yeah, it's crazy to think that we got here. Um, I was looking at pictures, I don't know, last week, I believe, and he was fitting in the palm of our hand when wow. we first showed up for the interview. So wow. times have changed in a hurry. <laughs> uh, yeah, things I can't relate to, uh, maybe <laughs> one day, uh, but not at the moment. Uh, what's what's the latest in Kaya's world? What makes him happy these days? Um, well, the newest thing has been um, falling in love with Rachel and Reagan, I believe. Uh, <laughs> he's uh, woken up the last few mornings asking for them to. Oh, um, really? So uh, I said, you know, the, two good ones to follow, yep. but uh, yeah, he you got to slow captains. down a little bit, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he, I think some of it comes, we were, uh, they came on the trip with us to Charlottesville, and I think uh, both of them rode the elevator, I believe, with them up uh uh, to our hotel room, and yeah. uh, he's been infatuated ever since. So. He picked he picked the two captains, so that's yeah. <laughs> a, that's a good choice for sure. All right, I'll get a couple of basketball questions in because uh, you have the scout for Syracuse coming up on Thursday. Uh, but before that, uh, earlier this year, you had a really cool moment, and I thought it's worth asking you about when Tech went to play Illinois. You're from yes. Illinois. You had just a convoy, a total convoy <laughs> in that building. Uh, how many people? Who were they? How far away from Champaign, Illinois, did you grow up? Yeah, so I grew up about 45 minutes north of Champaign, a small, small town. But that was kind of, you know, uh, if I lived 45 minutes from here, you grew up a big-time tech fan, you yep. know. And so when I grew up, uh, my family had season tickets to all the Illinois games for basketball, football. I mean, we were diehard. They were terrible, but we enjoyed <laughs> going. Um, and, and so coming from a small town, 
I mean, literally small as in my town sign says 750 people, you know, Yikes. so small, small town. But on the pass list, I believe Tim was at 114 people, I think. <laughs> Just shaking his um, head. And that didn't include, I think, three or four teams. So I had uh, my my uh, aunt coaches a team, a uh, young youth team. They brought 20. Uh, my high school boys team, they came. I think they brought 20. Um, I have a little um, a half sister who's a senior in high school. Her team came. That was 20 more. So it was it was close upwards of 200 people there uh, from a town of 750. I, you could have robbed any store in the place yeah. if you were there. <laughs> but the only thing is, we have one a store. So <laughs> that's fantastic. And they saw themselves uh, one heck of a game as Virginia Tech beat Illinois. I think by like. 40 or 50 points it or was, whatever it was. It was uh, one of the more fun evenings of the season yes, it was. Uh, so far. So how does somebody from a small town in Illinois end up playing college basketball in a small town in South Carolina? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so uh, I know. I thought it was. My, my, the, <laughs> two the, of them. Two. I've asked two tonight. <laughs> Uh, there's a, a guy still at Limestone College is on the women's side. He's the head coach down there. Um, at the time, he was the men's assistant at Limestone College. Well, he grew up in a small town right near mine um, called Paxton, Illinois. Um, and we played in a Christmas tournament my senior year in his hometown. And he was back for the holidays and said, well, let me go catch some basketball. Luckily, caught I caught his eye um, to, to recruit me. And it's kind of a funny story because the first phone call when he called me, I'm like, Corey Fox like that's who I grew up watching yeah. as a kid like he was the guy uh, five, I think he was five years older than I was so I grew up just I mean admiring this guy um, watching him play kind of lost track where he where he went after um, he left the area for college uh, so he was uh, he ended up recruiting me I came down to Limestone College in Gaffney South Carolina to play for him um, and then halfway through my first year he left me to be the <laughs> women's head coach at Limestone <laughs> College little did I know that that would then turn into my career yeah um, so when I had a chance um, I was trying to play professionally. I uh, didn't really know what I was going to do. I came back into the States waiting for another contract to go to play in Finland. And he called me up and said, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm going to be a substitute teacher until I figure it out. Um, and he said, well, come be my assistant. And I said, well, let me try it. I never knew I wanted to coach on the women's side. I knew yeah. I, coaching would be great. Um, but anyway, I took the opportunity, loved it, never went back and played again. And, and yeah. here I am. And you finished your career at Limestone as the all-time leader in, let's see, assists. assists. Yeah. A couple of other things too, right? Steals maybe? Uh, steals. Those have since been broken, yeah. but uh, I think assist record is still there. Yeah. Um, and you were top five or so in points or something I was. like that. So I one was. heck of a basketball player at Limestone College. Uh, for sure. Yeah. I think that's worth a round of applause. Thank you. Um, do you watch House of Cards any differently because you played in Gaffney, <laughs> South Carolina? Well, I didn't know what that show was all about until my dad called um, after watching it one night. He said, you're not going to believe what is on this show. Gaffney, <laughs> South Carolina said uh, the one thing we were known for was the water tower uh, that yeah. looks like a – yeah, the peach water tower. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we called it the butt. It yeah, looks like a butt exactly with a tail. What it is. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now you're officially known for two things. Yeah. The water tower and house of cards. Yeah. All right. So before we finish things off, I'd love to have you back at some point and talk about your playing days overseas and all that uh, kind of stuff. But Syracuse coming up on Thursday. Um, what is the top of the line scouting report that Q? Uh, tech is going to have to worry about with Cuse on Thursday evening? Well, I think it's um, kind of goes back to where we've been trying to go recently. We've got to get better defensively. Um, I think that right now we've put maybe not pretty points on the board, but we've been able to score 
Um, and Syracuse really likes to score. Uh, they shoot a ton of threes. If you think we shoot a lot, I think they average 31 threes a game. Uh, so they're going to let it fly. Um, and a lot of it comes off ball screens. So um, today we talked about their zone that gets into a man, and they press for 40 minutes. But ultimately on the defensive end, we're going to really have to guard them as a team in their ball screen um, motion sets. They run a ton of different ball screen sets that lead to a lot of threes. So um, guarding contested threes, but then rebounding the basketball. Um, we haven't done a great job on the defensive glass, but I feel like we've done a much, much better job this year on the offensive glass, getting ourselves extra possessions. So we'll have to continue to do that. Um, but most importantly, on the defensive end, we got to continue yep. to get better on that end. Um, and as we do that, I think that we're going to continue to maybe get over that hump. Um, that we've been on. So, do you care to attempt to pronounce the point guard's last name? Um, no, very good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, their point guard is Tiana Mungakahia, yeah. uh, who scored 44 points against Georgia Tech. So, when Coach Poppy talks about uh, playing good defense, right there. Yeah, sure. she handles the. They, they, what they do is they come at you in transition. They'll take quick shots, but then once they get set on the half court, they put it in her hands um, and run a lot of ball screen stuff for her. Let her be the decision maker. She can score it. Um, but she's also can uh, she has over 200 assists on the year. Yep. Um, but also we'll turn it over, and so we're hoping that you know on Thursday we can get more turnovers and assists from her. Yep. Uh, and like I said, they do shoot a lot of them. But to be honest with you, if you I finished a scout right before I came over here on the paper scout, and our numbers are almost identical across the board. We shoot the same percentage. We actually shoot a better three-point percentage. Uh, defensive field goal percentage is, is identical. We rebound the ball identical. So on paper, it looks like a, a great matchup. So it's going to be a matter of can we handle their press, don't let it speed us up, um, and then – you know, like I said, rebound the basketball on the defensive end, and, and I think that we'll, we'll be right there. Last question for you. The 2-3 zone is coming. It uh, is. Quentin Hillsman plays it just like Jim Beheim plays it up there. Uh, how do you make sure you're not stagnant and playing with eyes wide open against a 2-3 zone? Yeah, it, you know, and to be honest with you, they've went to a little – it's a little bit different. Right. Um, what they do is they start in a 2-3 zone, and they want you to think that they stay in a 2-3 zone. And, and so when you watch teams get stagnant against them – they stay in spots. Um, and for us, we want to create some movement because when you create movement against their zone, they're going to go into a man-to-man -man switching defense. And when, when they've done that, teams that have struggled stay stationary and it allows them to play easy defense, in my opinion. And so what we've talked a lot about today was once we move and they switch into their man-to-man, -man, continue to attack. Um, and if we're able to keep the floor spaced and not get shell-shocked of, of, oh, coach, what is going on? We already know. We know they're going to switch into their man. And when that happens, continue to play. Don't just become stationary wondering what's going on. And I think that they've confused a lot of people. And I hopefully, you know, as we've scouted them, we have understand where their weaknesses are once they get into that man-to-man, -man, and, and hopefully we can attack them. Coach? Thanks so much for your time. Yep, thank you. Appreciate it. A couple of reminders before we sign things off as my man Brian Cox is hitting stop on the Facebook Live back there. If you want to go back and watch anything, you can. We're going to Facebook Live it as always. We podcast this as always available on iTunes. Just search Virginia Tech and you can track it down. Again, Facebook Live podcast replays of this always available. Again, that'll do it for tonight. As we mentioned, next up for the Hokies, Thursday, Central New York, 7 p.m. tip-off 
at Syracuse. Broadcast begins with the first and main tip-off show at 6.50. Check us out on Mix 100.7 in the NRV or in on the TuneIn radio app all across Hokie Nation. A reminder once again for everybody here in the building, uh, no show next week. We're back on February 3rd with the next edition of the Kenny Brooks Show for Coach Poppy, for Coach Anderson, Coach Warner. See, I thought I was having a flawless show, and then here we go. I'm just trying to end the thing, and I say third. Uh, the day before Valentine's Day, February 13th, then we'll hear about Coach Brooks and how he met Chrissy Brooks, and it'll be fun, and it'll be grand, and please come back, despite my mistake at the end. For Coach Poppy, Anderson, Warner, and Dr. Aaron Cash, my name is Andrew Allegretta. Thanks so much for listening, and take it easy.